Welcome back to the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast. My name is Jeremy Devins, and today's episode is called Decoding Your Ascendant, What Your Rising Sign Reveals About You. This is a really fun episode for me. I'm very excited to share this with you because the rising sign is one of the most foundational, important pieces of all of astrology. So anybody who is interested in learning astrology that you know, or just for yourself, this is a great episode to come back to, to reference, to share with other people. I get this question a lot of like, where do I start? What do I focus on? Well, last episode, I shared some of the basics and fundamentals. This coming Thursday, I'll be hosting the next Vedic Astrology 101 course. This is one of my most popular offerings, and we go into all the details of the signs, houses, planets, nakshatras, aspects, how to interpret all that and make sense of it so you know the language of astrology so you can better improve and understand and optimize the four main areas of your life which affect everything else, health, wealth, relationships, and purpose. Who doesn't want more optimization, alignment in those areas, this workshop is for you. If you've already signed up in the past, this is something I do for past students, you get to go for free. So you don't have to do anything, you don't have to sign up again, you get access to this and all future 101 courses as well whenever I offer these. So you can join us for free already and you get access, people are joining now, you get access to all the past ones as well. So each time I emphasize something a little bit different, for those of you who like to attend all of them, which some of you do, and I really appreciate that. I'm really grateful to share this with you. Uh, so today I'll be talking about the Ascendant. What is the Ascendant? How do you understand it? How do you make sense of it? Well, first of all, you should probably have your Vedic birth chart if you don't already. You can get that right now at quietmindastrology.com slash free birth chart, and you'll see a number at the top diamond in that shape of the thing that you're like, what is this? Well, there's a video training with it for free as well that tells you how to un understand and start to interpret that. Uh, but today we're all we're going to talk all about that first number and that first diamond at the top of the chart. That's your first house. That is the sign in the sky that was rising over the eastern horizon at the moment of your birth. And there's a specific nakshatra, a smaller division within that. There's a, a total of 108 possible divisions that could be your rising sign counting the nakshatras and the padas. These are small divisions of the sky. So 108 total possible rising signs, essentially, not just 12. Western astrology, some of you might have this background. You know that maybe you're an Aries or Leo or whatever rising sign. Well, in Vedic, we go a lot deeper and a lot more specific. Today, I'll be talking about 10 specific points of what the Ascendant is all about, how you can decode it in your chart, and what it reveals about you. Pretty cool stuff. I'm excited to share. And then in the second half of today's episode, I'll do the weekly horoscope starting Monday, March 6th, 2023. First of all, your ascendant represents the image that you project to the world and how you appear to others when they meet you. It's what people see about you, sort of your face. It is also what's happening inside of your face. It's what's happening inside of your head that people don't know as well. Uh, but it's generally what people see about you, your physical appearance, your body, your image. Maybe you wear a lot of jewelry. Maybe you don't wear any jewelry. Maybe you dyed your hair blue. Maybe you let your hair turn gray and you leave it, right? All these little decisions, these little cues that we're giving to the world about what we value or don't value or prioritize or how we want to appear, how we want to present ourselves. Maybe you dress up really nice and wear a beautiful dress everywhere you go. Maybe you like to wear pajamas everywhere you go and just be very relaxed. 
I grew up in Minnesota and it was very cool, actually. It was like trendy to wear sweatpants everywhere. And I went and visited again a couple of years ago. I don't go there too often. I really like where I am now in Austin years ago and now in Venice, California. Uh, but I do go visit Minnesota occasionally. And it's just kind of a funny reminder because I forgot about that. I was at Whole Foods and like everybody's wearing sweatpants. And it's like, oh yeah, that was like cool to do that in Minnesota, at least in the, the sort of culture I grew up in, the people I grew up around. But that says a lot about, you know, what you value or don't value or it really doesn't, you know, you can make all sorts of judgments or assumptions about that, but maybe somebody has like a Pisces ascendant and they might be more prone to want to be more relaxed and comfortable and prioritize comfort over appearance versus if you have like a Leo ascendant or a Taurus ascendant, you might value beauty more over just comfort. Uh, there's no judgment on any of this. Like my goal here is not to provide any sort of like judgment or assumptions about why people do what they do, but we can see patterns. And as I was just talking with someone in a reading the other day, you know, astrology might seem very woo-woo and weird and out there and super spiritual and like, oh, it's ungrounded and unpractical. It's actually, to me, the way I approach it is the opposite. It's just pattern recognition, right? You're just noticing well, you've got 10 Aries Ascendants and they all have these similar qualities. Interesting. And then you take 10 Leo Ascendants and they have these qualities. Interesting. And that's how I'm able to, in readings, make accurate predictions. That's one of the pieces of it, is you see the pattern recognition from a lot of observation, a lot of study, and not just 10 people, but hundreds, and in my case, thousands of people over my 17 plus years now of doing this, that you just see very clear patterns. And it's, it's mind blowing. It's still mind blowing to me that I could pull up a stranger's chart, no background at all about them, and be able to start telling them about their life story in the same way that my astrology did for me, which was so mind blowing and life affirming for me, which is why I do this. So the ascendant tells you a lot about how you show up, what you project into the world, how people see you, but it's just one piece of the puzzle, right? The Ascendant is very important, but it is not everything because there's also your moon, which is telling what's happening more internally in your mind and emotions, which that might be visible. You might see some of that. And then there's your sun where you get energy and creativity and vitality, how you lead or don't lead. And that tells you a lot about what's more happening internally as well. But again, the rising first point I want to share today is it's the image you project and how people see you and what they sort of pick up on their first impression of you, uh, how they see you. And they might have judgments about that or projections about that. Everybody does. We all have our projections about others, good and bad. Uh, but the Ascendant is an energy people pick up on naturally and instinctively. Uh, so the second thing I want to share here is the rising sign is considered the most important point in the horoscope as it determines the placement of everything else in your horoscope. So this is why uh, I emphasize it a lot more, a big part of why, over the moon and sun versus Western astrology, the sun sign is everything, then the moon and rising. That's Oh, interesting way of approaching things uh, with the sun representing the ego as well. And that's a very Western kind of approach to things. Uh, but the ascendant, it can change every two hours, right? The sun sign only changes every 30 days. So you take the whole world and divide it into basically 12 types of people. And if you're born within this 30 day range, you're all like this. 
which I think is just a gross oversimplification. It's way too broad. But you could do the moon sign. Okay, well, moon's a lot more specific, but that changes every two and a half days. So everybody born over those two and a half days, that's their predominant characteristics. That's still like not quite precise enough. So the ascendant, there's 108 possible nakshatras it can be in. And that's true for every sign actually, but the ascendant determines where everything else lands in your chart. So for example, if you have Aries ascendant, then that means now you go across the sky from the Eastern horizon, next up is Taurus. And then if you got a planet there, you got a planet in Taurus and then Gemini and so on. Uh, so it determines where all the houses land, where all the planets land in the houses, which is just so crucial to understanding everything else about the chart. But if you don't have the birth time, then you can go by the moon chart because you can go down to the moon nakshatra and then that changes once a day. So if you can narrow somebody's birth time down to a day, you can get the moon down to two possible uh, options. That's helpful. Uh, but still, you can't use the houses then. So you take away like a third of the insight that you can gain if you don't have the ascendant, if you don't have the birth time. So the ascendant is crucial to knowing so many details about the life. It's basically like you have a bunch of actors. You could think of the planets as actors. And you could think of the signs as the qualities of the actor. So you have an actor who is arrogant or you have an actor who is benevolent and loving and generous okay so that's the planets and signs but what are they doing right you have an actor who is uh generous but are they generous in their home are they generous in their work are they generous in their relationship you don't know if you don't have the ascendant if you don't have the ascendant because that puts that tells you where all the houses are so you don't know what house that actor is in what what part of the stage that actor would be on Right, so I like this metaphor. Uh, my teacher, my first teacher, Matab Benton, he used this metaphor in his book, Astrology Yoga, which I recommend a lot for people if you want to learn some of the essentials of astrology. Uh, he was my first teacher in Vedic astrology and a great teacher, and he used that metaphor of actors on a stage. So without the rising sign, without the placement of the houses that follow that, you don't really know exactly where all this stuff is playing out. So you, you it takes away, I think, like 30% of your accuracy. There's a number I'm just like, you know, making up based on experience, but these, the rising is crucial for knowing that. Third point I wanna share is the ascendant can also influence our physical appearance, our mannerisms and body language. So are you somebody who is very meticulous about how you move and walk and carry yourself like a Virgo rising? Or are you somebody who's kind of more go with the flow more intuitive, just like, like to just kind of, you don't really think about, you don't overthink it so much of like how you move or walk or how you show up or you're just like being yourself like a Libra rising. Uh, these are common qualities you know, I've seen over the years. And whenever I make these kind of broad statements here on the podcast, know that, you know, I'm speaking generally. And whenever I look at an actual chart, there may be cancellations of interpretations. So you got to take in each individual charts holistically. Like if you have four planets in Aquarius, but you're Libra rising, you actually might be a bit more of Aquarius presenting, Aquarius energy overall. Uh, so that is one of the things about these kind of interpretations and predictions here on a podcast where I'm not looking at your chart. 
So always keep that in mind with like general readings or interpretations of individual things. Uh, but general qualities of ascendance, like I've seen, you know, can show like physical appearance, mannerisms, body language, the way you show up, how you move, how you act and behave through just knowing the ascendant. Fourth point I want to share is that the rising sign is associated with the first house in astrology. The rising is always in the first house. So that's how it's determined, right? The eastern horizon at the moment of your birth, that's the first house and everything follows from there to the 12th house. And that represents yourself, your identity, your approach to life, all these things that have to do with appearance as well. The fifth point I want to share is that people with the same sun sign can have very different rising signs. So just keep that in mind, right? Rising sign is not tied with anything else. Just because you have a sun in Aries or a sun in Taurus, that doesn't tell me anything about where your ascendant is. No idea. So you've got to look at the actual birth chart to see that. Uh, you can't just say, oh, somebody has moon here or Jupiter there. Therefore, their ascendant is here. The ascendant is independent of that. And all of the placements are actually independent of that. Uh, unless you know like a couple placements, then you could start to deduce some of this. But uh, for example, like Mercury is always close to the sun. Uh, it's usually in the same sign, you know, these kind of things. But that's like more into the depths of astrology. More like the kind of things I teach in my mentorship program, which also will be opening at the end of March. So that's coming up soon. If you want to know like everything I have to share about astrology and like, all of the resources, all of my 17 years of research all in one place that you can use and apply to your life. That's the mentorship that will be opening up later this year. It's one of my most favorite things to offer every year. But again, this fifth point to summarize is just because two people are, are both like a Libra sun doesn't tell you anything about their ascendant. It's a very separate thing and it's a whole nother level of depth. Sixth thing is I've already touched on this, but again, the ascendant changes signs every two hours, roughly. So the exact time of birth is crucial for determining what the rising sign is. And that can be narrowed down through rectification, which strangely enough, a lot of astrologers make it seem like rectification is extremely complicated and difficult. Some astrologers charge hundreds and hundreds of dollars to do rectifications. I have found a much simpler process. It's not simple enough for me to just say it right now, uh, but it can be done much simpler. And I do teach that in my mentorship. So if you know somebody who doesn't have their birth time, you can still schedule a reading. If you don't have your birth time, you can still schedule a reading with me. Uh, and, you know, if you sign up for the readings I offer currently on waitlist for that, but that's at quietmindastrology.com slash reading. Uh, if you don't have your birth time, we can figure it out, usually within a half hour. And I've found it to be incredibly accurate, and I've had really good success with this. And it's an approach that I've not seen taught anywhere. It's something I've just figured out through a lot of trial and error. And uh, if you are looking into this, if you know someone looking into it, and they're about to spend hundreds of dollars to just get the rectification and nothing else, schedule a reading with me or get on my wait list so you know the next time the readings are open. And I don't charge extra for it because I think it's, it kind of sucks. If you don't know your birth time, like, and you got to charge, you got to pay just to figure that out. And you're like, I just want to, you know, learn myself, learn about myself and understand myself. And now I've got to pay all this just to get the birth time figured out. And, you know, sometimes those things are very insightful and they can be helpful. And I don't want to 
discourage, you know, if there's somebody you know and like they have a great reputation and you trust them, that could be incredibly valuable. And it does not have to be that complicated or that pricey uh, for what it is. Because it, it really can be narrowed down pretty simply and quickly. I teach this in my mentorship. I'm not teaching it in the one-on-one course because it is deeper than that. Because uh, you do need to know quite a bit about the nakshatras to do this well. But it's very doable. And uh, the other point of this is that it changes every two hours. And within that, there are the padas, the four padas. So it changes even faster than that with the padas. And that's how we can get very specific. And even two people born at the exact same time, like two weeks ago, I did a twin study of a couple friends of mine who are twins. They're born one minute apart through C-section. They have the exact same birth chart, all the divisional charts, all the way to the D60 chart, which is a very uh, far advanced uh, divisional chart of birth chart that tells you a lot about somebody's essence that it, often that is used if you have twins that how tells you the differences between them they had the same one so all the things exactly the same and we always have a choice and free will of how we express what's in the chart so even if you're born at the exact same time as someone else and most of us actually are right all people are being born all the time every minute so there are many people born at the exact same time as you who don't have the exact same life as you, they might have a lot of similarities, uh, but we always have our independent free will and choice of how we work with these energies, how they manifest for us. These two twins happen to be very similar, and that is to be expected, uh, but they do have distinct differences, and it's cool to see like how they kind of branch out. And yes, it's the same energy, and she's expressing it, you know, you could say as like dark red, and this one's expressing it as like pinkish red. You know, it's like a kind of gradient of uh, possible expressions uh, for everybody all the time. But in the twin studies, it's interesting to see that play out because it's the same energy, same birth time, all that. Uh, but for you, you know, you might have the same ascendant as someone else and it, it's on that gradient. And then, you know, you probably have a lot of other diff different placements than them besides the ascendant because you're not twins. So there's a lot of factors in that. Uh, but knowing the ascendant is crucial to know like that narrow range of okay this is the time of birth this determines everything else in your chart and it's when this within this two hour window and some of us might be born close to the cusp and in vedic astrology we don't do cusps like that i <laughs> i find people who are all about the cusps like i was born on a cusp so i'm actually like a gemini and a cancer it's like that's some Gemini stuff to say right there, right? You're probably a Gemini. <laughs> and maybe you got like five planets in Pisces. Yeah, okay. So Gemini it is, right? It's That kind of stuff is usually pretty clearly seen in the chart. If there's like, I'm a cusp and I'm this and that. It's like, there's probably something that shows like, it, actually you're clearly the type of person who would say that. <laughs> no offense if that's you, uh, but that stuff is usually pretty clear. Like Mergashira Nakshatra, really strong, lots of Pisces energy, lots of Gemini energy, these kind of things, uh, lots of Libra energy. Uh, it's usually quite clear. Uh, that could be the Ascendant, that could be other factors. Number seven point I want to share here is that the Ascendant reveals a lot of important information about your life path, your career, your relationships, really everything, like health, wealth, relationships, and purpose, the four aims of life from the Vedic teachings that I always harp on because it's so crucial. Like if you got those four areas good, 
that's that's a lot of work. That's a life's work right there just to do that well. And that's going to make everything else go a lot better. And that's going to determine like how much free time you have because how how much income you make from your job and how you treat your relationship and what work you have to do in yourself. And you know, there's so much. It's I could talk for hours about this, but the ascendant is what really determines how all that plays out. Because if you don't know the ascendant, you don't really know what's going on in your tenth house of career. You, you just don't. Like you don't even you don't even know if there's anything there. Like you can't know unless you know the ascendant. So like if you have uh, just knowing that you're an Aries ascendant tells me you have Capricorn in the tenth house. And just knowing that you're an Aries ascendant, I can say so much about your career without knowing anything else. So it's really cool in that way. Or if I know you're a Gemini ascendant, I know that you have, uh, you know, what you have in your 10th house of career as well. And, and that tells me so much about your career. So just knowing the ascendant tells you so much about the person's relationships, their home life, their family, their career, everything just from the ascendant. So if you don't have that, all you really have is the actors and the energies, like the energy they're holding. So the, you don't know where they are on the stage, what part of life they're in, none of that. Uh, so if you want to understand your career, relationships, life path, you can just study your ascendant. A lot of that can really come back to the ascendant, right? Number eight point I want to make is that astrologers often look to the ruling planet of the ascendant for additional insight into your personality and life path. So, for example, if you have a Scorpio Ascendant, then that means Mars is your ruling planet of your Ascendant. It might go deeper than that. Sometimes it does, right? You might have, okay, Mars is the ruler of that. Well, what rules Mars? Well, it's the Sun. Well, what rules the Sun? Well, it's Saturn, right? So it can go a lot deeper than just like the first ruling planet, but it does tell you a lot, right? So... If you are either an Aries or a Scorpio rising, Mars is your ascendant lord. So the Mars qualities are crucial to understanding your sense of self. And that does not mean everybody who is Aries or Scorpio rising is going to be aggressive, assertive, ambitious, driven, because those are Mars qualities. But how is Mars placed? This is why you really have to look at it all holistically and it goes deep very fast. Now I make this very easy to learn in the 101 course and then very easy to apply in the mentorship. But for now, for the sake of this episode, just know that the rabbit hole goes deep very fast. And if you have a Pisces rising, Jupiter is your ascendant Lord. But I can't just say Pisces risings are all wise philosophical teachers because how is Jupiter placed? If it's debilitated in Capricorn, then if you have Jupiter in Capricorn and it's your ascendant Lord, you might have difficulty with teachers and you might feel restricted by teachers and just so on. There's so many negative possible expressions. How it chooses, how it actually expresses some of that is the energy that you have to work with. A lot of that is your choice and how you work with it. We all have our challenges. Even if you have everything exalted in your chart and like beautifully placed and no negative influence on your chart, you got stuff to work through because you're a human, because we have relationships and they bring out our unresolved childhood needs and all this stuff. And we all have work to do. 
So no one is exonerated from this, no matter what your chart is like. So don't worry if you got some negative stuff in your chart. Everybody's got stuff to work on. But that to say, the point of this one is that your Ascendant Lord tells you a lot of extra information about you. And you really do need to know how it's placed. Somebody with Pisces rising and Jupiter is the Ascendant Lord who has Jupiter exalted in Cancer is going to have a lot of different energies to work with than somebody who has Jupiter debilitated in Capricorn. All right, hopefully I haven't lost you. I know I'm going very deep. I love this stuff. I love to go deep in it. And uh, the point of this, the, the simplified version for now is just, it goes deep very fast. Number nine, the Ascendant can also indicate the dominant elements and qualities in your chart, such as uh, the elements of earth, air, water, fire, uh, whether cardinal, fixed, or mutable, like how that shows up uh, in your chart. Some people have one of those elements dominant. Some people have one of those qualities dominant. goes a little deeper than the scope of today's episode, but uh, just know like there are a lot of layers to this. And you can't just leave it at, okay, I'm a Sag rising. I know everything about myself. <laughs> you really got to look at your chart and decode it. And that's what we're doing at the Decode Your Birth Chart workshop, Vedic Astrology 101, Decode Your Birth Chart. Uh, so we will go into that. Uh, but the point here for now to know is that there are the elements of the signs that can be really helpful to understand how things play out. And if you've got all fixed signs, you're going to be likely to be a more fixed person of like, this is the way I like to do it. And I want you to do it this way too. And if you don't, I'm going to be mad. Versus somebody who's mutable, it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, okay, you, oh, you don't want to do it that way? Okay, fine. Oh, you do want to do it that way? Okay, yeah, let's do it that way. Right? So <laughs> then the cardinal is the one who can start things and initiate things of like, all right, let's go this way. Let's start something different. Right? And the cardinal and fixed energies, you might have all three of these in your chart, cardinal, fixed, and mutable. Uh, you might have one dominant. You might have two dominant. Uh, these can tell you a lot about your nature as well. The Ascendant is just one factor in that. You really would want to look at all of the planet placements to see what the theme is. So again, a lot of people oversimplify astrology. We want it to be simple. I know it would be so nice if it was just that simple and life was just that simple. But life is complicated. We are complex, interesting, fascinating people with a lot of nuance and depth. Right. You can't just distill it down to just, okay, well, you're this, so you're that. Uh, that is one part of you. And life is so much more nuanced and deep than that. Number 10 is that understanding your rising sign helps you better understand how you can come across to others, how you can use this energy to achieve your goals and fulfill your potential, your dharma, your purpose. Right, So better self-awareness, better understanding of how people see you, how you can interact with others, because they are picking up on those ascendant qualities. Can't hide it. You can't pretend to be something else for very long, right? Eventually people will pick up on it. Uh, that you have a nature, you have an essence. Then the ascendant is a big part of that. It's not all of it, but it is a big part of it. And when you better understand that, it's more self-awareness, better understanding of yourself, how you want to interact, how you show up, how people perceive you, how you can better work with people. And that allows you to create more in the world and have the success you want to create the things you want. I love the quote, like, you can have anything you want in life if you help another, enough other people get what they want in life. And 
understanding yourself is crucial to that. Understanding what you can offer, understanding how people perceive you. Do you come across as like moody when you're, when you don't, you're not trying to be moody. You're not trying to be that way, but you come across that way. Like I uh, remember as a, a kid, my uncle, this isn't very healthy, but you know, he, you know, we had a loving relationship, but he would say things like, you're being so stingy, so selfish. Cause he had two kids and he was like constantly teaching them to share. I was raised as an only child, even though I have three siblings, long story, interesting childhood, but I was growing up on my own and I didn't really, in, in a, like I kind of grew up in a very sheltered, like way in inner city, which is for my own good. Glad that happened. Dangerous neighborhood. But uh, I didn't interact with a lot of other kids that much as a kid. I was alone a lot. Really, I think it's why I ended up liking meditation and getting into meditation. I was kind of in that state a lot, just kind of with my thoughts. Uh, so to share with other people is like something I had really had to learn. I didn't really get it. And my uncle was like, you're so stingy. You're so selfish, right? So that's how he perceived me. And that's not what I was trying to be perceived as. That's not what I wanted to be perceived as. And I do have things in my chart that can point to that of like, there's like a self-preservation part of me that came across in that, that was necessary in childhood and the whole other story with that. Uh, but that was an example that really stood out to me for the first time in my life where I was being perceived in a way that I didn't really want to be perceived and didn't really realize I was being perceived that way. And to start to have a little more self-awareness of like, what am I doing that could possibly create that? And is there something I can improve upon that could, you know, be how I want to be in the world? Knowing your ascendant gives you a lot of tools and awareness to do that. So those are the 10 points I wanted to share about decoding your ascendant, what your rising sign reveals about you. Covered a lot there. It went a lot longer than I thought. Uh, super fun topic. Hopefully I didn't lose you when I went really deep uh, on some of those things. I actually held back a lot for the sake of the podcast because uh, this is kind of entry level intended to be entry level stuff but uh, if you're like me you love to go really deep with astrology so hopefully that was interesting for you now let's continue on to this week's transits including this week this thursday march 9th i'm hosting vedic astrology 101 so if you want to know all of this stuff more depth more resources tools pdf guide to walk you through how to interpret this what the signs mean what the houses mean what the nakshatras mean the planets it's all there the basics are there it's really cool the building blocks are all there to put it together for yourself it's one of my most popular offerings and you can check it out right now at quietmindastrology.com 101 and join us this thursday there's a special discount this week as well all right let's talk about the transits first up <laughs> covered a lot today <laughs> so first up on tuesday march 7th Full moon in Uttara Falguni in Leo, a time for celebration, completion, fulfillment, particularly around creative expression and personal growth. Time to embrace your light and your gifts and start to share them with the world in new ways and be generous, diplomatic with relationships. Talked about this on the monthly horoscope as well. You can check out more there, but great day to do some sort of ritual. Tuesday, March 7th for the full moon in Uttara Falguni. Beautiful placement. Friday, March 10th, Mercury in Purvabhadrapada for seven days. So here on these weekly horoscopes, talk about the nakshatra transits, the quicker ones. So just for seven days here, but a great time to explore your curiosity 
and what you're interested in, especially with new technology like AI and all the cool stuff happening with that and new ways of communicating, connecting with others and any sort of way of using that in your business can be very favorable right now. Good time to uh, also practice mindfulness, meditation, introspection. With all the Pisces stuff going on right now, there can be a sense of loss and letting go and very good time for meditative practices, for a time in solitude and quiet and reflection. Good time for a spiritual fire, like a burning actual, like I mentioned this month, like on the full moon, like writing out what you're grateful for or uh, writing down lessons you've learned or intentions you have and then ripping them up and burning them on the full moon, letting them go, practicing detachment and allowing this sort of energy of allowing space for whatever is next and allowing your ego to let it go to create room for spirit to move through saturday march 11th venus and ashwini this is a powerful energy for starting things you love good time to focus on love beauty and pleasure as well as speed strength and the intelligence represented by the head of the horse the symbol of ashwini Great time for creativity, pursuing artistic expression. If there's something you've been wanting to start creatively, some relationship you've been wanting to start or a fire you wanting to restart in your relationship, this is a wonderful time for that. Good time to also be mindful of the potential for overindulgence and impulsiveness, especially with relationships. If you're dating, it can be very impulsive around dating stuff. Uh, if you're in relationship, this can be like quick to anger, frustration, but really good for passion and romance, like going out dancing, partying, sexuality, sensuality, all very good for relationships. And then also we talked about in the monthly horoscope, so I'm just going to recap, but uh, I'll go in more depth on the monthly horoscope, check it out. Venus and Aries on March 11th for 25 days. That's including the Ashwini part of that for the 11 days starting on Saturday. So check that out in the monthly episode. And on Sunday, March 12th, Mars and Gemini for two months. I might have had the wrong length on there, but that's two-month transit uh, for Sunday, March 12th. Uh, great time for curiosity and action and, and decisiveness around like what you want to create that's mentally inspiring and engaging. A big part of why I'm offering the 101 course this week and Vedic Astrology Mentorship, my most in-depth comprehensive offer to take you from student to teacher if you want from astrology enthusiasts to giving readings which it's amazing what people are able to do in the 16 weeks it blows my mind how quickly people pick it up and i i hear uh you know i get the feedback that the resources i give make that very easy i'm very proud of them i put a lot of time all of my years of study into those resources so I get great feedback on those and it does make it a lot easier to learn and pick it up and start applying it. So if you want to learn astrology in depth, make accurate predictions and give great readings, that's what I offer in the mentorship. More details coming soon, but the first step is the 101 course. If you want to learn the essentials, the building blocks, take the 101 course this Thursday, March 9th. And it'll be live. It's also a recording. So if you can't join live, you can get the replay within 24 hours. And if you're thinking about joining the mentorship, should I do the one-on-one? 
everyone who joins the one-on-one course, you get to apply that payment to the mentorship anyway. So it's like it's free. If you're thinking about joining the mentorship, the one-on-one course is basically free. And you get access to all future one-on-one courses, all the past ones as well. So it's a really, I, I just like, if you want it, <laughs> I want you to have it. It's like, I want to make it as easy as possible to learn the astrology because it's life-changing stuff, it changed my life. I'm super grateful for my mentors and my teachers and just honored to get to share this. It's like the coolest thing in the world. What could be better than spending an evening learning about astrology? Well, how about spending four months learning about astrology and all those people in the mentorship? If you join the mentorship, you get lifetime access to all future classes too. Uh, so that's something I like to do in my offerings. So if you're like, oh my God, I can't learn in 16 weeks. How about 16 years? <laughs> uh, take as long as you want. You'll have access. As long as I'm doing this, you'll have access. So all the details about all this, quietmindastrology.com. If you're not getting my free weekly horoscopes, go get them, quietmindastrology.com slash free horoscopes. I send you the recap of the whole week before it happens. So the precap, I guess you could say. Uh, so all the things I recap of what I just talked about is in that email and you see all the upcoming transits, all the exclusive offers I send just to people on that list. So that's the best way to keep in touch with me or on Instagram at quiet mind astrology, where I post one minute horoscopes. I'll be doing that more regularly now. So pretty regularly, but I'll be doing even more of those coming up uh, in the near future. Quietmindastrology.com. We can get all the details on everything I shared today. And if you're enjoying the podcast, just take a moment, leave a quick review. It means a lot, helps us grow, helps us reach more people and share the light of Jyotish, the science of light with others. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great week. Look forward to sharing more with you next time on the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast.